welcome to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that clues you into all the latest news and ideas in the world of HR. I'm Kieran Howes, the Deputy Editor at Executive Grapevine Digital Media, and today I'm joined by Liam Souter, the Online Editor at HR Grapevine. So, Liam, tell me what has been interesting you in the world of HR this week? Yeah, we've had some really interesting stories this week, actually. We reported on a funeral home manager who was sacked for using sexist terms towards female colleagues, such as calling them uh, chick, honey and babe. We've also reported on the NHS rolling out um, not just diversity training, but official Black Lives Matter training, which has been met with equal parts praise and criticism. And more recently, we covered the story of a recruitment boss who went on something of a rant online about home workers, in which he called home workers um, spoiled and entitled and pretty much said they want to just doss around on the sofa. As if we planned it, Liam, that leads perfectly into what we are talking about today. So this recruitment boss, James Cox was his name. He received backlash to a post on LinkedIn in which he said he was sick and tired of hearing job candidates expressing a desire to work from home. Cox's post, which attracted almost 2,000 comments, began, You want to work from home so you don't have to get dressed at 6am so you can save money on travel so that you can watch loose women on your lunch break? He went on, As a nation, it seems we have become spoiled and entitled, and to be honest, it screams laziness to me. You want to doss on the sofa with your laptop in your dressing gown slash PJs. So whilst the post attracted a wealth of outrage from other LinkedIn users with one HR manager branding it possibly the most offensive, small-minded post I've ever seen, it's pretty clear that the concept of remote working still has some PR problems in the world of work. So Liam, I guess to kick us off, why do you think that is? Yeah, well, firstly, I'm not sure I'd agree that it's the most offensive, small-minded post we've ever seen, but I I do see where they're coming from there. I think one of the simple explanations as to why there's such a negative stigma from some people towards homeworking is a lot of people just think it's easier. You know, there's this stereotypical image often of struggling to get to work, commuting on a busy train, being seen to stay later in the office, but of course, Working from home means you don't have to work to get to work. You know, as Cox said, you can simply roll out of bed. So you could be working harder than someone who's going into the office, yet you're more likely to be seen to be going to less effort. And of course, as some of the other commenters pointed out on that post, I think a lot of people in more senior positions have this bad attitude towards it because it's shown a massive shift towards employee power. As one person on that LinkedIn post pointed out, Cox seemed to be irked by the fact that job candidates now hold much more of the cars than they did pre-pandemic. And as we've seen recently across the UK, you know, that job vacancies are at an all-time high. Prospective employees can simply afford to be much pickier about the roles that they're going for. So, you know, why wouldn't they? I was reading his original comment and thinking, I don't see anything too bad about being able to work on a laptop in my dressing gown or, you know, rolling out of bed five minutes before work if that's what people choose to do. 
it's funny that you should mention as well the kind of the power of the employee there because actually the majority of people do want some form of homeworking and so it's almost an inevitability that that this guy is going to have to accept at some point so money supermarket spoke to over 2000 households across the country to find out how the pandemic impacted their work life balance Overall, nearly one quarter of Brits agreed that their work-life balance has improved because they spend less time commuting. I also looked up some other kind of data and found that uh, the latest analysis from Glint aggregated data from millions of staff engagement surveys from over 600 firms and found that staff members at remote work friendly organisations were 14% more likely to say that they felt safe to speak their minds so I guess there's more of a feeling amongst these people that if their organisation is happy for them to work from home, they're more trusted or more maybe appreciated in the workplace. I'm just going to fire off two more stats there as well. So one is that 74% of professionals expect remote work to become the standard and 97% of employees don't want to return to the office full time. So it seems to be the future, right? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That certainly seems to be the way that things are going. There are, of course, a few negative impacts of working from home, of course, that still need to be ironed out. The most obvious ones are, of course, like the communication delays. Obviously, it's much quicker to shout across the office to someone rather than having to even just call them on Zoom, for example. And of course, we've also got the mental health effects of working from home, you know, social isolation and not speaking to your colleagues in person, you know, not having the routine of a commute, these can all really have a detrimental effect to people's mental well-being. You know, for example, if you've had a really stressful day at work, I think it's a lot easier to switch off and recharge if you're leaving the office and heading home, you know, rather than simply going from your kitchen desk to the sofa in your living room. You know, it's hard to get out of that mental space then, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. And we've also heard lots of HR practitioners that we've spoken to over the last, well, I guess, 18 months telling us that, you know, a one size fits all approach for this future of work is never going to suit people. And that that every case is different, isn't it? Because I guess one person could be living in a five bedroom house with lots of land. Another person could be sharing a flat with a bunch of housemates and be trying to work in one corner of the room when other people are, you know, trying to work on other corners of the room. So, yeah, it's it's never going to be a one size fits all approach. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and that's why I think a lot of people are starting to realise that the big thing going forward is going to be hybrid working models, you know, and going into the office maybe a couple of days a week at least or you know, we're seeing the rise of shared working spaces now where people can drop in rather than having specific offices, etc. And of course, some of the, the big tech startups these days are investing a lot more in allowing remote workers to, you know, work from abroad and having, you know, unlimited leave and setting up a laptop on a beach somewhere. Just any little things to boost your well-being that don't necessarily involve going back into an office full time. 
So, yeah, I guess not to be nauseatingly democratic, but James Cox's point of view has some truths in there, some morsels of truth in there, whether you agree with him or not. But then I guess it goes the other way as well, that whilst we are probably both advocates of remote working in some form, it's never going to be a one size fits all approach. It's always going to be more complex than that. And I guess HR probably just needs to keep that in mind and talk to their employees about you know how it's going to best suit them but unfortunately as interesting as this conversation is that is all we have time for today just want to say that hr grapevine wouldn't exist without the interaction from you our lovely audience so thank you very much for tuning in and if you'd like to find out more about all of the latest news and insight from within the hr function head to hrgrapevine.com 